Today we are reading from the book of Isaiah, chapter 64, verses 1 through 9. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake in your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make name your known, your to make your name known to your adversaries so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you, who works for those who wait. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways, but you were angry and we sinned. Because you hid yourself, we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the hand of our iniquity. Yet, O oh Lord, you are our Father we are the clay and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider, we are all your people. Let us hear where the Spirit leads on this day. Happy New Year! <laughs> Today is the first Sunday of Advent. It is the beginning of the new year on our Christian calendar. And I bet you're like me and you would like it to be the new year because you're ready of 20, you're tired of 2020. As we begin this Advent season, we are reminded every year that this is a season of waiting, of anticipation. But it seems to me like this year we have been waiting and waiting and waiting, right? We've been waiting for the COVID numbers to go down. We've been waiting on a vaccine. We've been waiting on the official election results. We've been waiting to see our families, our friends, our loved ones. We've been waiting for funerals. We've been waiting for weddings. We've been waiting for so many things including just a sense of normal. I'm not sure if we need a reminder for Advent and this season of anticipation and waiting. So instead, I have chosen this scripture from the book of Isaiah that comes from the lectionary because it is a scripture about lament. And it seems like we've been in a season of lament. The very first verse expresses our need so well. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. 
Or we might say, God, would you just come down and clean up this mess, right? So instead of our typical text, which would be John the Baptist calling us to repent and prepare for the coming of Christ the King, I thought maybe we would talk about this longing for the indwelling of the Spirit of God to be among us. Isaiah focuses on what God is doing and even not doing. So I want us to look at the text a little more closely. First, I want you to notice that Isaiah is speaking to the Jews who have returned after living in exile. If you don't remember, the temple was destroyed and they were taken to Babylonia, but they have, after generations, now returned. And I don't know about you, but there have been moments this year where I felt like I lived in exile. The second thing I want you to notice is this passage is the high point of the extended communal lament that actually begins in chapter 63 and then laments all the way to this place in chapter 64, which is kind of the um, ending for this lament. It vocalizes people in pain who are seeking to understand what is happening. Isaiah is pleading for God to come down and solve our problems. And wouldn't it be wonderful if God would just come down and fix racial unrest, the worldwide virus, our penchant as people for violence and hate? Oh, but wouldn't it be wonderful if God would just come down and fix it for us. Isaiah asked for an incredible sign that can not be misunderstood, which I love because he's not saying, God, just send me a sign. He's saying, send me a sign that cannot be misunderstood, right? That everyone will know it is you like the heavens tearing open in the text today, which many of us recognize from the crucifixion of Jesus when the heavens tore open, or the quaking of the mountains that is unmistakably something cosmic, or anything that Isaiah sees as a grand gesture from God that would help us remember that God is in this mess with us. But then we come to verse 4 of the text, and it brings us back to this idea of waiting. From ages past, no one has heard no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God beside you who works for those who wait for him. Mm. Who works for those who wait for him. In other words, God moves on behalf of those who wait. Over and over in the Hebrew Bible, God's people are admonished to wait. In Psalm 27, we hear, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. In Psalm 37, we hear, for evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait upon the Lord 
shall inherit the earth. You might recognize that from some of the music that we sing. And Psalm 40 says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. So sometimes God works not on our time schedule, but on God's. And I don't know about you, I am terrible at waiting. My daughter and I were in a line this week, and I needed to go to the store next door to get something else, and I was unwilling to wait in the line. (laughs) I wanted to hide everything on a shelf and go to the other store and get what I needed and then come back because I was willing, not willing to stand in line twice. And she looked at me and said, what is wrong with you? (laughs) I was like, I don't know. I'm really impatient today. I want to get a move on. (laughs) Then we come to verses 5, 6, and 7, where Isaiah actually starts blaming God for turning away from God's people. He goes so far as to say, because you hid yourself, we transgressed. Did you hear what Isaiah said? We sinned. We failed to love our neighbor as ourselves. We did not love God with our whole heart, soul, and mind. But yet, because you, God, hid, we transgressed. It's God's fault because we can't see God, we can't hear God, and we can't feel God. And I would say probably everyone I know in this last year has felt that way at one point or another. Where are you, God, in the midst of this? I found this beautiful story that Reverend Dr. Chris Davis tells, and he talks about losing his son in Toys R Us. And so you can imagine how easy that is to do. There's very, very many distractions into Toys R Us. And um, it's so easy. I have lost a child in the grocery store, so I know how easy it is to lose someone in a place that big. And so instead of panicking, he went right to the security guard. And he's like, do you have cameras in this store? And the security guard said, well, yes, we do. And he's like, can I see them? I've lost my son. So they take him into the security booth. They scan up and down every aisle until they find Christopher. And he's sitting in the aisle surrounded by toys, but he's weeping and crying. And so his dad said, keep the camera on him. And then he went to the intercom and he got on and he said, Christopher. And his son starts looking around because he can hear his dad's voice. And he says, stay where you are. And the little boy starts looking around again. He stands up. He says, it's daddy. Don't move. I see you and you can't see me. Stay where you are. I'm coming. Dr. Davis wrote later, in those moments when you think that God cannot see you, or that you cannot see God, always remember that God does see you. The invisible hand of God is active and looking after your life. In our text today, Isaiah finishes sharing the blame with God. 
by reminding God of this very intimate relationship between God and God's people. He writes this beautiful metaphor that we've seen in art and music and poetry of the potter and the clay. Crying out to God, he says, we are simply what God has made us to be. In the message, it ends like this. Don't be angry with us, God. Don't keep a list of our wrongdoing. Keep us in mind, please. We are your people, all of us. Did I tell you that the word translated for wait in the Hebrew Bible is the same word that's translated for hope? <laughs> Let's look at those scriptures again with the word hope inserted instead of wait. From ages past, no one has heard, no star has, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who works for those who hope for him. In other words, God moves on behalf of those who hope. Over and over in the Hebrew Bible, God's people are admonished to hope. Hope on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Psalm 37, for evildoers shall be cut off, but those who hope upon the Lord shall inherit the earth. Psalm 40, I hoped patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. So maybe instead of people who are waiting, we are people who are hoping. We are hoping for a vaccine. We are hoping for numbers to go down. We are hoping for a sense of normalcy in our lives. We are hoping for God to break in and make everything all right. God is still working. And we have to be patient with God and with each other as we hope and long for the King who is coming, the one we can follow, who will lead us through the brokenness of our world. And God is watching and saying, I see you. Don't move. Although you can't see me, stay where you are. I am coming. Amen.